Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionize the way people see headphones. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design-orientated. Studio bridge that gap while emphasizing sleek, modern Scandinavian design. To get a 15% discount on any of their wares, go to studiosweden.com, which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and simply put in the code DTD when purchasing a pair of headphones. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great music. Today, we speak to businesswoman Brianna Rooney about the world of juggling, dancing, and recruiting the right person for the right role. are you wearing red today? Oh, it is power day. It's going to be a good day. I always feel good in red. Always. But what does that mean though? De- define power day. Oh, not not a good day. I think we all know what a good day is, but what, what's, what's a power day? Oh, power day. Okay. So I haven't been in the office the last couple of days. Um, well, my mm-hmm. little girl's first birthday was yesterday. So I've kind of been out and I was excited to come in and I walked in the office. I said, today, is power day. We are closing some deals today. And I just had this extra, you know, snap to my step and did a little twirl and started the day. So I'm feeling good. Were you clicking your heels kind of Julie Garland style, like (laughs) it's a wizard of Oz or something? Yeah. I love her. So your daughter is one and you obviously run um, a busy, successful business. How are you managing to juggle everything? Well, luckily it's, let's see, my my son's also four. So luckily Mm. my husband is a fantastic father and his 
uh, restaurant has been open now for four years. So now it's a little easier. He helps out on Mondays. She's in daycare Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I still take off Fridays just because we don't want to put her into school school until she's about two. So I got another another year of that, um, which which is good. You know what? It, it keeps me on my toes. And when my son was born, I actually became super, super efficient. I thought I was good at my job before, but when he was born and I was taken away from work um, and from all the hours that I'm normally put in, I went from, you know, like 40, 50 hours a week to 28. Like it was significant. So I just learned how to do my job like really well. And and so now with, with Lima, with, with the other one, it's like even more so. Like I just... You just don't have time to to mess around anymore. It's uh, it becomes a little more real. You know, everything's a little more important. So you've got this young family, and you've got a husband who's got a very uh, st- stressful intern, <laughs> a very pressured. That's yes. maybe a better word. Very pressured job. You know, you can't run a restaurant and do that at half measures at all. Yeah, yeah. You're, you say you're efficient. But you surely you've always got to be rushing. Is there any time just to be if you've got so many different competing things to do, if your family's got so many competing different things to do? Mm. Uh, I guess my time to just be is when they go to bed. <laughs> um, so like Lima right now is going to bed like at six. Diego goes to bed at eight or whatever. And that's my time. I literally go into my room and I just sit on the bed for a second and I will turn on a murder she wrote. Yes, it's it's very old murder she wrote. And I will literally just like blank out for a good like 30 minutes. And I think that that's something that's my way to recharge and be like, ah, okay, let's, let's keep going. Uh, But I don't. Wait wait a minute. Wait, we we have to investigate this murder she wrote. (laughs) Have you still got a VHS video player or something? I wish my husband made me throw it away. I love, I love Jessica Fletcher, Angela Lansbury. Um, that's, I used to want to be a murder investigator. So like, I don't know. I think I just, it's just a, a good, a good watch for me. So you do find time yeah. just to be, but that's late at night. Um, let's go back a step. You're yes. in business. How did you fall into the world of recruitment? Because in a world where lifelong jobs are a thing of history, <laughs> it seems to me that recruitment is probably the place to be. Oh, I love it. It's absolutely the place to be. It's, it's, we were just talking about that this morning, actually. It, it doesn't stop. You know, it tech, we're in, we're in the tech field, so it doesn't stop. Um, they're always building, they're always inventing. It's really fun. We're just needed. It's, it's, it's insane. But I got into it by complete luck, which I very much believe in. So I was, I, at first I wanted to be, um, I wanted to get in the fashion. I went to fit them and completed that in LA. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I need money to open up the store that I wanted. So I was pretty lost and decided, well, I'm going to go to bartending school because I'm going to go just make money in, in, in a bar. Uh, did that and then realized that that probably wasn't a great idea. Um, had too much fun and then decided, okay, let's see, what can, what can I do that's going to make me a lot of money quickly? That was always my thing is quickly because I wanted to get to the next step. And I had a good mm-hmm. friend of mine who said, hey, come out to dinner with me. I want to tell you about what I do. 
I thought, all right. So at this point, I had put my resume up on Monster, just, I mean, kind of aimlessly, just didn't even know really what I should do. And she said, hey, I'm a recruiter. Have you ever heard of recruiting? I'm like, absolutely not. So she told me about it, but she did the financial world. And so she said, hey, you know, you love talking to people. Uh, you love matchmaking. You're, like, you're, you're always setting people up on dates and stuff like that. That's essentially what you do. I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. And she's like, in the meantime, the commissions are really big. So I said, excellent. And at the same time, my phone rings and uh, I pick it up and it's this guy who saw my resume on Monster. And he, he goes, hey, um, you know, Sozo, uh, have you ever heard of heard of recruiting? I started laughing like I got the chills. I was like, are you serious? I am talking to my friend right now about it. And he goes, all right, well, hey, um, I think that I think that you could be good on it based on your resume. Why don't you come in for an interview tomorrow? So it was like, oh, it was crazy. So what was it? What was it in you other than the fact that you were almost um, matchmaking people romantically? <laughs> What was it about you? And they thought, right, you'd be a good recruiter. Well, they saw that. Um, so I got actually help from my stepdad, who's been in sales forever. And he helped me with my resume. And I put just really focused on numbers. So even though I was just bartending, I think I put like, no, I know 150 recipes. And, you know, it was very like number focused. Uh, I put passionate mm -hmm. on there, motivated, you know, all those kind of like key buzzwords. And I think that's why he reached out because he saw that I was already number focused and that's what sales is all about at, at the end of the day. It's a numbers game. And so I think that he just thought also being in a bar, you have to be outgoing and not be afraid of things. So I think that's kind of what what put that together. Um, I don't know. It just happened randomly. It was It was pretty interesting. So went in the next day, interviewed and got the job and that was about it. And at what point? When was this? Give, give us, give us oh, the year. Oh, year. Let's see. Uh, I am 33. I was 22. So 11, almost 11 years ago. Uh, what year is that? What year is this? <laughs> 2007. Yeah, 2000, yeah, about 2007. So it's 2007. Yeah. And you've discovered this world of recruitment. Um, tell us about that first day. Huh, that was extremely exciting because when I interviewed, I spoke to the guy that owned the company and he was like, so, you know, how much do you want to make? And I was like, you know, is this a, excuse me, is this a trick question? <laughs> uh, so I told him 300,000 and he was like, uh, yeah, you're hired. And so I was just kind of like set on, he's like, no, you can make that. And of course my parents thought it was like a pyramid scheme. And so I was just really excited. It was my first, like, I think, r real job. Um, I've had cool jobs before, but it was like a real job. And I was just really giddy. Uh, the first, the, I don't know, I, I've always, always loved it from from day one. So it was something new. Uh, what was funny is, of course, I kind of fibbed about my computer skills. <laughs> I had zero computer skills. I typed with two fingers uh, and I just got good at that and... I don't know. Well, no, but nobody needs more than two yeah. fingers when you type them. You know, I think the second finger is actually optional. You only need one. Yeah, just peck at the computer. <laughs> Let's go back to that interview. Mm -hmm. Give us some 
do's and some don'ts when you're sat in front of a potential employer? What should people do and what shouldn't they do? Oh, I love that question. Okay. So what I think is important, like I don't ask like things, hey, can you like, can you type, you know, for example, that's never a question because people can figure that stuff out. I like to ask like situations and I like to see how positive somebody is, you know, and first of all, and I think life, if you're not positive, you're going to have a hard time, but in sales, you will drown. So mm-hmm. I like to say, you know, um, Hey, uh, give me a situation where, Oh, you just, you were having the worst day of your life. And, and what did you do now? What I want to hear is not, I don't need the right answer. I just want to hear them actually think of something on their feet. So I think that if you're having an interview, you need to really just go for it and not worry that you're going to stumble. I, for me, that's, that's the biggest, the absolute worst is when I'm sitting looking at someone and there's just silence. It's awful. So that is is a, is a huge pet peeve of mine, um, for sure. I would I would even say another pet peeve would be, um, well, can you can you like really describe that question? That they they get all like nitty gritty about it, and they're just afraid to answer wrong. I think that's that's another issue for me. Um, or just yes or no, you know, no conversation, like no, no back and forth. It's, you know, it shouldn't be an interrogation. I want to actually have a conversation. Conversations are important, aren't they? Yeah. And I think it's lost right now. Uh, I was actually at Osh this morning, just getting new keys. And there was this kid and I say kid because he's probably like, you know, 21, 22 or something. And he was so awesome. He asked me like so many questions, um, asked me if I had anything else that I need to do. Do I have any projects? What kind of house do I have? Uh, I started talking about my son was there the day before and um, he's like, well, what does your son like to build? Does he, I mean, he like really went for it and made a such a big impression on me because I feel like I'm not used to, first of all, people being so friendly. I think that's really sad. And also that someone just wants to talk and and wants to find out and ask Wait questions. Did, did you just say you're not used to people being friendly? <laughs> you live in the sunshine golden state where <laughs> everyone is happy. You, you live in California. You live in the Bay Area. You would you would think everyone would be nice and friendly. <laughs> you know, it's a, I mean, come on. Think about it. Think about it like this. You're walking down the street and you, you smile mm-hmm. at someone. And they might even, they're like, what is this person flirting? You know, it's like, no, we're just... I'm just having a good day or say, hi, how are you? And if you notice, people don't stop to actually say, you know, good, thanks. How are you? They don't really care. They just go, good, thanks. But they could be having the worst day of their life. They just don't even, you know, it's it's weird. It's if someone said, no, I'm doing awful. Are you going to even stop? Are you even listening? No. You know, it, that, that that is true. But I must admit, I'm generally the worst when I'm out in public, when somebody actually says hi to me, because invariably I've got headphones on. Oh, I'm always listening to a podcast. <laughs> I am. You know, for, to me, I'm incredibly like out there and I'm present, but actually they always have to repeat everything they say to me, which then it just upsets people first off, because because actually I, I'm not. So I'm probably one of these people you're railing against, actually. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, aren't you like, I feel like you're just missing out on opportunities. Like you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what you're going to see. So, 
So you seriously walk down the road, right, mm-hmm. from home to work, and you just smile at everybody and just say howdy doody, and you want to engage everybody in conversation. Well, I don't want to stop and like you know <laughs> have a cocktail next <laughs> next to the, next to the side of the road, but uh, um, yeah, absolutely. And I will I teach my son to do the same thing so much so that when we're walking and he mm-hmm. says hello to someone and the person doesn't say hi back, he goes really loudly. Why did that person not say hi to me? <laughs> He's really? very upset. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I just you're, you're just passing on a smile. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm finding this incredibly fascinating, and and but this is very culturally specific because if you had to do this, let's say in London, uh-huh. you might get committed into a mental asylum. People are going to think this person is is just too much. <laughs> However, the balance seems to be right somewhere where the sun fundamentally shines. Then people are like, ah, oh, people are a little bit happier. But it, this is very cultural, very cultural, and also I think the studies been done about this Hmm. and this is where you definitely are an outlier in that generally the bigger the city the less people smile and engage people uh strangers with eye contact so your little boy diego he seems to have somewhat of a sunny disposition (laughs) yes (laughs) right his sunny disposition does he kind of take that through into his musical choice because because like this week you've decided to go to go for uptown funk by uh, Bruno Mars. That yes. is a song all about happiness, isn't it? An exuberance. Yes. yes. We love it. <laughs> it's our favorite. He makes me blast it. Alexa blasts it. <laughs> you know they say the family that kind of eats together, stays together. Do you dance together? Absolutely. And I lo- we like to freeze dance. And I get all I get all funky with it. I I want to <laughs> I dance as crazy as I possibly can because um, already at age four, which I think is insane, he has come home mm-hmm. from school and he goes, um, "Someone made fun of me or someone laughed at me," and I was like, "Oh no 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 no, we're not I'm not gonna have a kid that is gonna be upset by someone laughing at him." I said, "Are you kidding me? That means they think you're so cool." And so I make sure I am like really over the top and I dance all crazy and I get my arms all wiggly and stuff and just I'll pretty much do anything to make that that little guy laugh and so I think that that's um how he does it as well and now now he has the, the funniest dance where he thinks like a jumping jack is dancing <laughs> he like goes around doing jumping jack so yeah we just you know beat our own drum this is that ice cold Michelle fight for that white gold this one for them hood girls them good girls straight masterpieces styling violin living it up in the city got chucks on with saint laurent gotta kiss myself i'm so pretty i'm too hot call the police and the fireman i'm too hot make a dragon wanna retire man i'm too hot say my name you know who i am i'm too hot and my band about that one break it down girl said you hallelujah girl said you hallelujah Just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Don't 
said you hallelujah. Ooh. Girl, said you hallelujah. Ooh. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. girl of the 80s i love and so you like a little bit of queen what else do you like journey love Mm -hmm. that that doesn't that's not really oh my god that's That's music that's the middle of the road schlock come on let's pass on that so uh i will say so you said queen i'm not going to say what you said afterwards (laughs) queen what else do you like oh my gosh oh i mean you always have to like michael jackson he's the best and that's why I think I like Bruno Mars so much. They remind me of each other. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's where Bruno Mars has got a lot, lot of his inspiration oh. for. And and he's the absolute consummate performer in concert, oh, isn't he? Like my. he is working. Oh, my it. goodness. So uh, let's see. No, last November, we sat mid-row, um, or we got mid-section, and we were 13 rows back. Um a fortune, but well worth it. And I would do it again, a heartbeat. I've seen him now three or four times, four times, I think. And I can't sit, sit any further than that. That's just like not going to happen. He's so good. So worth it. It's incredible. Gives me the chills. So have we got to really thank your parents for your sunny open disposition and maybe the reason why you're so good at recruitment? Because obviously you like people. I do. Well, I'm not everybody, but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I love, I love people. I love, I love, you know, you know you like, <laughs> I, I tell you, do you not like problematic, uh, clients? Well, 
That's an interesting question. So I, no, of course not. So like now I get to choose who I work with, which oh, it's like a trillion times better. And I, I definitely train my employees to choose who they work with. We are not customer service. There is just too much out there. Now we're not rude, but we're important and we want to make sure that they know that our time is just as important. So I like to partner with companies. I don't like to work for companies if, if that makes sense. Okay. So what, what's the difference? What's the difference? Okay. So before, when I first started, when I, you know, I, I thought of recruiting differently, you would, you would think that when you work with a company that it's like, so like, yay, they're going to work with me and they're going to let me find them people. Okay. That's not the case. Like we're partnering with this company to find them people to help their company because if they don't find these people to do this, then another company is building faster than them, building better, and they can't afford to do that. So we are so important in this process that if we don't work together as if I'm working at their company, then it's a big it's a it's a big issue. Uh, and if the respect's not there, it's a big issue and, and it comes through. And it comes through with the candidate too, as a candidate's experience. So it's, yeah. And, and do you find um, that that can be an issue specifically uh, in the tech Absolutely. industry that may be, you know, yeah. And why is that? Well, why do you think that? I think uh, it's because at, like a while, a while ago, you know, before funding, like, like, you know, big money, like, uh, you know, 90 million rounds and stuff like that before that was, you know, normal. It was more of like people were getting $5 million in funding and that was big. And then it went to 20 million, you know, stuff like that. And so then it was like, wow, you know, these companies are so innovative. They're so important. There's not many of them. Now there are so many companies getting so much funding that everyone is important. Companies can't think that they're the coolest company out there or that they're the only company doing this. It's not, um, it's just, just not the case. And so now they're, they understand that we have competition and that we have to treat it that way. And I think that they're changing their tune. And I mean, that's the reason why all these companies are trying to make basically robotic recruiting, which I don't think, I mean, I guess I don't hope is going to turn out too great um, for them with all these other, co- these companies trying to like automate a, a very personal experience. I think you can automate a lot of things, but you cannot automate recruiting. There is something about spotting the ideal recruit for the ideal position. Exactly. We need to see through because you got to think that I talk to these people on the phone and I'm actually, you know, finding out Mm -hmm. about their lives. A computer is not finding that out. Like more often than not, I actually place people at companies. They would never like they initially were like, oh, no, thank you. And I'll say, well, hold on for a second. This is why I think you should talk to them. And I can give them more nitty gritty. And I can say, well, based on the conversation I had with you, this is why. You know, a a robot's not going to do that. It's not, there's no way. Where would a robot place me in what type of company? (laughs) Uh, Well, considering that you're closed off, probably at like a a Best Buy. (laughs) I'm not closed off right I'm not closed off right now. I'm open to all possibilities right now. So, all right, so a robot is going to place me in Best Buy. Right. Yeah, Best Buy. Because where, <laughs> would, where would Brianna Rooney place me? Oh, my goodness. Well, then I'm going to have to ask you a few questions. All right, let's go for it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, first of all, what do, you, what do you do besides this? What do your resume look like? 
Alright, my, my resume looks like uh, it's chock-a-block full of companies that I've run, things that I've done, uh, lights that I've, I've illuminated. There you go. Okay. So, so but, uh, but what do you do? Right. Uh, okay, so this is what I do. Alright, so I, uh, I podcast 24-7. Uh, so primarily, I'm a communicator. I have a voracious appetite for knowledge. I like uh, the new. Um, I always like learning something new. Mm-hmm. I've, I have decent technical skills, um, whether that is... So I can do, uh, let's say, I can, I can build a website. Mm-hmm. I can obviously create uh, a program, uh, technically an audio program or video. So I can do non-linear video editing. I've directed pop promos, the company that I run, myvillage.com. Uh, we got to a head count of 20 and we, um, we turned over a couple of times. So we caused a million UK pounds in, in a couple of years. And we got up to, uh, we we're doing a million users a month around about 2007. So I have a track record in business. I see myself as a creative and a communicator. Hmm. Okay. Right. Where am I starting on Monday? <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. First of all, I do all engineers, but, 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 but mm-hmm. uh, I have definitely done different positions. And you know what? When you first started saying um, that, you know, you're a communicator and that you like, like, you know, innovation, it sounds like. So I would place you over at Cognoa and uh-huh. they're in Palo Alto. And what they do, actually, I started from the beginning with this one. I love this one. Um, it's essentially an application on your phone that you are figuring out autism earlier than they can do now. Um, so typically now it's about, you know, at three years old, they figure it out and they think that it's a little too late. And so this is has it down to 18 months. They can figure it out by video and data science. And mm-hmm. they're trying to get it down to 13 months, which is, I mean, would be insane, I think. Um, I, don't, I don't even know how it's possible. But the reason being is I was thinking of your business aspect of things and having to really get that out there is important. And they're starting to go through health insurance now and having companies, um, you know, set that up. And I think the creative part would be for you to be how, how can we get this out? Not just only through companies. Um, how can like, how are we going to pay? How are we going to get a, a, how are we going to monetize this? I think that's, that's really interesting. And it's pretty powerful um, that they're extremely mission driven. And I think that that's where you should start on Monday. <laughs> Go tackle that business. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Before before I get in there, right, for that interview, and I know I'm going to knock their socks okay. off, as you Americans would say. Right? Sure. Um, uh, what should I go in there saying uh, that I'd like for a salary? What, what do you reckon? Oh, if you're gonna you're gonna run the business, and start monetizing, you got to get paid really well. Um, I would say that you are going to need at uh, at least one fifty. That that could work. That, that could work. That would work. <laughs> and then of course you're gonna get uh your your recruiter's fee and one of the things which i when i was kind of looking at the notes which you sent through Mm -hmm. to me it really occurred to me that actually what you do is you you touch people's lives and you're an intense part of someone's life for maybe a week two weeks three weeks when they're going for various interviews And actually, you can change someone's life kind of quite considerably, but then you disappear, don't no, you? No, I don't disappear. 
Absolutely not. That's not you personally, <laughs> but no, but, you know, no, but three three years in, when I've gone up the greasy pole, that okay, tell me why the recruiter doesn't disappear after. Three well, years. a good recruiter doesn't disappear, I should say. So I th- I think this is this is the what sets techies apart and myself in general is because uh, when I was two years into this working at um, my old company, I realized how powerful this is, and I realized the effect that we have on people's lives. And a career, I mean, I guess it depends on the person. Um, sometimes their career is even above their family. Um, but it's only, you know, it's only like either one or two, right? So I realized how, how impactful it was and that to just say that we're just a number or that they're just a number to me, which yes, they're a very big number, <laughs> but um, that's not the case. And the case is, is that you have to work on referrals, and that's what we do the best. So we stay in touch. We make sure that they're happy. We definitely um, follow up uh, a couple weeks in, a couple months, a few months. And, you know, we get a lot of referrals from that because they realize that we do care. Um, yes, we do have to keep them at their certain company, which is why we guarantee them. So, you know, we have other motives to do what we do, but we take that additional step even past their guarantee because, you know, I'll give you an example. I've had a, a few people come over to my husband's restaurant and I've met them and our kids have played together, you know, so I go that extra mile. I don't, I don't have to, I'm not saying like, Hey, let's, let's sign up and be buddies for the rest of our lives. But I for sure want to make sure that, um, I'm going to place them at their next position. I mean, I mean, think about like that. Like I think of the long run. I think of the long game. And if you think of just the quick, 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 then you're going to have issues because then you're going to get frustrated. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, let's just say I have, I have an offer for someone. And in these days they have offers everywhere, right? Like there's like two, three, four, five offers sometimes, you know, who knows? So I can't get upset if that person doesn't take my offer because I'm thinking I will place them at their next job. I will place their friend next week. <laughs> you know, I think of all those things because that is how you spread yourself and that's how you get your reputation the way it should be and that's how you make the most money. Is there a problem with um, recruiters um, not seeing, let's say, not realizing that they could have more diverse candidates, more women, uh, specifically within tech. It seems to be something which I'm reading about all the time. Is that something oh that you Oh my gosh. Noticed? This year, or I would say last six months, have been insane. Really, really to the point that I think it's too much with the diversity thing. And being a woman, I I get the movement. I understand the movement, but it's gone too far to the point that it's doing the opposite. I mean, I've got companies that I feel like uh, if I told the world what you're saying to me right now, you would get sued. <laughs> you know, like I, it's it's so touchy. People do want diversity, but now I feel like they're not talking to the others because they want it so bad. And that's not what it's meant to be. It's not meant to exclude anyone, mm-hmm. yet it is. You are not only working in an industry which is traditionally yes. male, you're placing um, techies, mm-hmm. you know, coders, uh, engineers, um, but also you are um, a woman in which is in a role which is t- traditionally seen yep. as a male one. And I'm not on about <laughs> recruitment per se, but just business entrepreneurship. What 
are the issues, the stresses, the pressures, which you think are unique uh, to women in business and, and, and away from balancing family, which is the way that we kind of came into this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the typical way is, yeah, you, the, that women still kind of run the show there. Um, I I would just say, you know, I, I got to tell you, like, I, I do get asked questions like that, like, oh, in a woman, you know, how do you how do you do the business? And to me, that question is almost offensive because I feel well, just the same way. Sorry. Yeah, I, I feel just the way the same. No, it's fine. I uh, just way the same. The way I, I run a business is the way a man runs a business, you know, like, or I could, I could get, you know, oh, well, I, maybe I'm more thoughtful or maybe I'm more caring. You know, I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, however, what I do like about those questions is because it makes me feel more powerful and it makes me feel even more motivated because I want to prove not only to myself, but to the world that it doesn't matter who or what I am or, you know, whatever you want to say there. Um, all that matters is how successful you are and how um, inspired your employees are. I think that is the key um, to have a voice and to make sure that your employees have a voice. And, and that's how I set aside, um, I think, a good leader and a bad leader. But as far as a, as far as a woman goes, I mean... Gosh, I, I got to tell you, I think that we're, <laughs> I think we're awesome. Um, okay, here, I'll, I'll, let me give, let me give you an example. So, um, about well, a year and a half ago, I finally brought out my business partner, a male, and our, our office was definitely primarily males. I think there was like three women at the time, and out of, out of fifteen, and it was just sales in general. I think is kind of man focused, and. I finally got rid of that. I made sure that I kind of cleared office and said, hey, I want the people that I want here. Um, I had hired people that I didn't want that he wanted. And so like, I just kind of like cleared up. And last year, I somehow had like 80, 80, a little over 80% um, women in the office, which I didn't do on purpose. It just kind of like happened like that. Um, It was interesting. And last year, our revenue was higher than it's ever been. Um. So, I mean, that I think is powerful in itself. And I don't know if it's just, you know, we're just all respected each other. Um, there was no nonsense. I think that, you know, we have a very fun office, um, a bar, a ping pong table, all that stuff. And when you get a bunch of guys together, they kind of just, they get a, they get a little crazier than I think when you put a bunch of women together. Cause I think we tend to be a little more focused. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting all sexist here. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I don't know. That's how I go about things. I don't think there's any that there's any other which way. You know, um, California now, you're not allowed to ask salary, which is interesting. And mm-hmm. they said that they did it for women. And that, to me, doesn't really resonate because I don't think you need to negotiate any different. I don't know. I, I don't know what, what what the problem is there. If it's the lack of confidence, lack, lack of self-esteem, I think probably women um, versus men have a self-esteem issue. But my, my mom, I think, probably raised me like a boy <laughs> because she only wanted six boys. So my mom's a tomboy. Maybe I'm a tomboy. I don't know. Maybe this is she raised me with crazy amounts of confidence. And I just that's how I've always ran things. So I've never really thought otherwise. 
Brianna Rooney, why don't you tell us the name of your company and how people can contact you if they either have a position that they need to fill or would like uh, to go into the world of tech in the in Southern California. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so my company is Techies, techies.com, T-E-C-H-E-E-S.com. Uh, definitely find me on LinkedIn, add me, Brianna Rooney. R O O N E Y. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's, let's just connect. Um, companies, we can place all sorts of things. Software engineering is definitely our specialty, only in San Francisco. That's what we've always done, um, even though we're in Southern California ourselves. But um, yeah, we'd love to hear from everyone from anyone and if I can help I you know I will I have all sorts of different people kind of reaching out and be like can you place me can you place me and although I I might not always be able to place them I at least try to help them in any way I can and even if it's just um, helping with the resume because resume is the most important vessel in the job search I don't think people realize that Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This month's Agora Network featured podcast is American Biography, a podcast by Thomas Daly which is dedicated to examining the lives of important and influential but less discussed Americans who played an integral if underappreciated role in the evolution of the United States. Now, Thomas is somebody who I'm somewhat in awe of. He has got a brain the size of a planet and he's a rather clever and engaging speaker. So if you want to delve into American history, and don't just do the, you know, the big rock stars of it, your Roosevelt's and your Lincoln's and your Washington's. Um, I re- highly recommend this podcast. It's called American Biography. Go and find it on a podcatcher of your choice.
Zeppelin or a new incarnation of Robert Plant. Greta Von Fleet's debut single Highway Tune is a barnstorming blues rock flavoured attack. It chopped the Billboard US rock chart in September Feedback, give me feedback. If you want to email me and possibly even get on the show, you can do that by emailing me at royfield at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm not great on the platform, but I am at Royfield on Twitter. And of course, you can go all the way over to Facebook and you can find Friday 15 there. Oh, one last thing. Be awesome if you could write us a little bit of a review on iTunes or on a podcatcher of your choice. See you all again in seven days time on another Friday. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex ultra soft tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex ultra soft tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin for this allergy season. Grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.